All right, we're live. We are live. Okay, before we get started, I have a question for everyone that I was thinking about just this morning when I was at the Village Grind. What is the question? So, we spent a couple minutes trying to count all the plants, and we have no clue how many there are. No. It's just impossible to count them all. Yeah. So, our question for you, our audience, and possibly for the Village Grind, if they could tune in on this to give us the answer, is how many individual living plants are in the Village Grind? Does anyone know? I don't know. I counted, I think, 60 plus plants. I was seated. Like, I didn't get up at all, and I saw 60 from my seat. Yeah, I only counted 30 something, so I must have been pretty far off. I guess so, yeah. (laughs) But I know there was ones that I easily missed. There was one on our table you missed. I know, I didn't even count that one. So obviously I'm not super observant, but we're guessing there's at least 50 plants in there. Right, but someone please let us know the exact number of plants that are in the village grind. Give us your guess, and then if someone could ask them how they take care of that many plants. Do they have a full-time plant waterer? Is there some kind of schedule? There's got to be a schedule. There has to be. DM us if you know the number, because we are dying to know. Please do. All right. Welcome to Greenville Mike, your one-stop shop for all things happening in Greenville, including but not limited to a new and noteworthy happenings, delicious foods we've tried, events coming up this week, and of course, the stories behind your favorite businesses around town. I'm Will. And I'm Tracy. And this is the Weekly Rundown. Okay, getting us started, I think we should talk a little bit about what we did this weekend. Obviously, we went to the Village Grind on Saturday, rainy Saturday morning. If you follow us on Instagram, you may have seen our little reel that took you through what we did. We know how to spend a rainy Saturday in Greenville. We do. So we went to Rise Bakery. First, we're about to talk more about them on the Eats and Treats segment, so I'm not going to give away too much, but we did pop in there, grab ourselves a morning bun, and then walk two doors down over to the Village Grind, which, by the way, is an awesome combo to have those two places right next to each other. Half the people in line at the Village Grind had Rise Bakery bags in their hands. Yeah. Full of baked goods. Apparently, we're late to this this game that everybody knows about. I know. Everybody knows the combo. Yeah. And then we got a Scout's Donut. Might as well. Yep. That's at the Village Grind, one of many places you can find Scout's Donuts on a given weekend. Yeah. And then we sat there, we talked, we read. Drank some coffee. It was raining outside. Cozy vibes. Such a vibe. Yeah. Sitting by the window, looking outside, surrounded by plants. It's beautiful. It was. It's a beautiful morning. Beautiful morning in Greenville. Yeah. And then that afternoon, the wind picked up. The clouds parted, the sun came out, and we headed over to Hotel Hartness. We've been hearing all kinds of things about Hotel Hartness, and we just had to check it out for ourselves. And it did not disappoint. It didn't. But you'll hear more about it later. You will. It was beautiful. So next up, Greenville was in the news again. Greenville's always in the news. Basically. So Travel and Leisure released a list of the 10 most beautiful and affordable places to live in the U.S., and Greenville came in at number three. Wow. I think they should be number one, but number one was Hickory, North Carolina. Hmm. Interesting. And number two is Grand Rapids, Michigan, and then Greenville. Wow. Right after that. So they talk about the median home price here is about $320,000, which is under the national median. And obviously we know Greenville's beautiful. Beautiful downtown. Yeah. Lots of restaurants. Every time I walk past Falls Park and see the waterfall, I'm like, 
man, people would travel a long way and hike to go see something like this. And it's just smack dab in the middle of our downtown. Yeah, it's amazing. Lots of good views around here. We'll try to keep you updated on all the lists that Greenville keeps popping up on. Yeah. But it's tough stuff. There's a lot of lists out there. There are a lot of lists. I mean, they just keep popping up randomly and I feel like I have to share them. So it's pretty exciting. Good job, Greenville. We're proud of you. Thanks for keeping us in the loop there, Tracy. Yeah, you're welcome. I got you guys. All right, next up, we got some fun facts. Tracy, I've heard you're talking about Eugenia Duke this week. I am. I'm talking mayonnaise, and I'm talking the mayonnaise legend, Eugenia. She's a pioneer. So as we know, the Weiss Pavilion was the original home of Duke's mayonnaise, which is pretty epic, which means Eugenia Duke called Greenville home. So Eugenia Duke was just 18 in the year 1900 when she married Harry Duke and moved to a rented house here in Greenville. Fast forward to 1917, the U.S. had just entered World War I, and Eugenia Duke was determined to help with the war effort. She had no formal training, but she knew how to make an amazing sandwich. So she and her daughter, Martha, turned their small rental house kitchen into a sandwich-making line. They turned out classics like egg salad, chicken salad, and pimento cheese. And they sold the sandwiches for 10 cents apiece to the infantry at a nearby camp, which was also one of the last stops for soldiers before they were shipped overseas. That's awesome. So Duke's mayonnaise started with sandwiches before it went to jarred mayonnaise. Yeah. And started just with like a good mission behind it. She was like, I want to serve the troops. And the best way I know how is to make them sandwiches. Her first sales force was nearly all female since most of the men were away at war. Um, But word about her sandwiches quickly spread when the war ended. And she began selling her sandwiches at drugstores. And local lore claims she sold 10,000 sandwiches in one day in the spring of 1919. That's That's amazing. That's insane. That's like a ton of sandwiches. I would be interested in how many restaurants in Greenville, sandwich-based restaurants, sell 10,000 sandwiches in a day. Yeah. I'm sure there are some, but in that time, and then having basically just started her business, right? Yeah. But by 1923, Eugenia Duke had built a booming sandwich business, but she was struggling to keep up with the demand. I mean, I can expect if you're selling 10,000 sandwiches a day, it's going to be difficult. I'd call that high demand. Mm -hmm. So her top salesman suggested that while her sandwiches were delicious, it was really her mayonnaise that made them irresistible. So realizing that it would be more profitable to distribute jarred mayonnaise than fresh made sandwiches, Duke did something surprising. For a woman of the era, and she decided to make the leap from homegrown entrepreneur to manufacturer. So that same year, she launched the Duke's Mayonnaise Company and opened one of the first manufacturing facilities in downtown Greenville, a.k.a. Weiss Pavilion. And then by 1929, Duke's Mayonnaise was thriving, yet demand was still outpacing what the Greenville factory could produce. And then she was approached about selling her company, and she agreed, but she stayed on as the mayonnaise spokesperson. I get it. She got overwhelmed. She's like, this is a lot. Yeah. She's like, I started out just making sandwiches and now my mayonnaise is blowing up. For sure. And I would say that's a huge victory because some some businesses sell or absorb by another company because they're not doing that well. But she sold because she was doing so well, she just couldn't keep up Yeah. with that pace right. and demand. Yeah. So about 20 years later in 1950, Eugenia's daughter, Martha, got married and she moved to California and Eugenia and her husband soon joined her daughter. But- Eugenia was just an entrepreneur for life, and she could not stay away. She ended up opening the Duchess Sandwich Company, and it sold her signature sandwiches in Southern California for over a decade until she died at age 90. So today, Duke's is still made here in Greenville, and her vision lives on in the thousands of yellow-capped bottles lining grocery store shelves. 
But before we move on, a few fun facts about Eugenia Duke. She loved parties and would always be found wearing large hats and a string of pearls. She would go to tea parties and bring sandwiches made with her mayonnaise. Definitely the life of the party when you bring sandwiches to a tea party. Oh, for sure. And wear a big hat. And pearls. And pearls. That's my get up. Right. <laughs> Basically. And she was also active in public life and she worked to get the 19th Amendment passed, giving women the right to vote, which is pretty cool. Super cool. She founded Dukes in a time where it was unheard of for women to run businesses. So she was a pioneer to say the least. Wow. Pretty epic stuff. That's awesome. Can we talk about what makes Dukes so good? Of course. It's got twang. Yeah, but that's what, what, that's what the bottle says. It's got twang. And it's a great line. But what what is the twang? Like, what is it about Dukes that makes it taste different than other mayonnaises? So Dukes actually contains a higher ratio of egg yolks than most other commercial mayonnaise, which makes it rich, creamy, and less likely to separate when heated. There's a wisp of tang from vinegar and a touch of paprika, and its texture is thicker and almost custard-like instead of your typical mayonnaise. So the twang itself has a lot to do with the paprika and vinegar Mm -hmm. and it's also sugar-free so most mayonnaise has sugar in it and dukes does not intriguing yeah okay eugenia yeah so there you have it there are your fun facts about eugenia duke pretty cool lady all right next up we got some eats and treats as promised we're talking about rise bakery okay people have been telling us to try rise bakery for weeks and weeks now And I'm sad that we waited this long. We've been missing out. We have been missing out. I'm mad at us. We need to listen to people more. So what did you bring home the other day? So I went the other day for the first time and I got a chocolate croissant, a morning bun, and a chocolate chip sourdough cookie. Of course, they had savory things, but we got to start with the sweet stuff and then we'll move on to the savory. All three were amazing. So fresh. We didn't even finish all of them, but we kept them the next day still fresh, which I always think is impressive when it stays fresh for the next day. And I would say the quality of the pastry itself. I'm no food critic, so I don't know a ton of terms. Right. But they were light and fluffy and flaky. Flaky. The aeration might be a, a food critic term. Maybe. Was very good. Yeah. And they were just so soft. Yeah. And yummy. They were, yeah. I don't know how else to describe them. Which one was your favorite of the three that I brought back? I really liked the morning bun. Mm -hmm. It was so just soft and tasty and the bread just pulled apart so nicely. And then it had this crystal sugar on the outside, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, that had this little bit of crunch to it, but it wasn't overly sweet. It was sweet. It was sweet. It was sweeter than I thought it was going to be. Right. Because... I know it's not a cinnamon roll, but I think when I think of a morning bun, I think, oh, like it will have glaze on it, which is probably wrong. I'm probably just like thinking of a cinnamon roll. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I actually thought it was pretty sweet. Yeah. And I feel like maybe some pastries would hide behind their glaze to give it the sweetness. Yeah. This pastry did not hide and it didn't need to hide. No. The morning bun was out in the open. It was out there. Not hiding at all. No. It was so good. But also, okay, the chocolate croissant amazing oh yes um but also the chocolate chip sourdough cookie so interesting i've never had a chocolate chip sourdough cookie before i've never even heard of one i've never heard of that something is different about it and i need to ask the owner what that is i bet Uh, it's the sourdough okay yeah i knew you're gonna say that i bet it's the sourdough probably but there's something else in it that just makes it different 
I don't know how to even describe it. You just have to go try it for yourself. Yeah. Let I mean, us know it, what you think it is. It was good. It was thick. Lots of chocolate in there. Oh, yeah. It was a proper cookie. It was a proper cookie. And we'll definitely be back. But Will's got some reviews for you from the people. Give it to us, Will. I do. I love hearing from the people. This guy, Sam, says, five stars, of course, proper bakery. I was just in France for a month and the pain all chocolate, probably butchered that, from Rise was better than most I had in Paris. Super friendly people to highly recommend. And then Jordan said the, all caps, best bread and pastries I've ever had. This man is an artist. Forget Paris. If you want a croissant, go to Rise. An absolute must try if you're passing through Greenville. Well, guess what, Jordan? I'm not passing through Greenville. I live here. (laughs) I'll be there all the time. True. Also, the amount of people that say it's better than Paris, that's crazy. I know. People from Paris are about to be coming to Greenville trying our pastry scene. Oh, yeah. We're going to be the new Paris. Basically. And then Matthew said their cinnamon rolls give me, all caps, life. Run. Don't walk. But be careful. You don't want to trip over these gigantic, beautiful, mouth-watering, yummy cinnamon rolls, which they had. And I regretfully did not grab one. But I should have because they looked amazing. I didn't see them when I went there the other day, but then Will went there this morning and didn't get one. Because you told me to get a morning bun. I was yeah, following but orders. You should know. You should know but you should have gotten both. You're right. I should have used my intuition there. You should you My should gut reaction have. was to get one. <laughs> you need to trust your gut in situations like that. That's true. Just another time to trust your gut. Yeah. When it comes your gut to knows what rolls. it wants. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, if you guys haven't been over there. Don't do what we did and wait several weeks before you actually go because that's like one of my biggest regrets in yep. life right now. Man. <laughs> I don't say that lightly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Moving on, we have got some new and noteworthy things happening around town. Most notably, Hotel Hartness, which we headed to today. We did head there today. And we took a tour. We, we gave did. We gave ourselves a tour. A self-guided tour. <laughs> yeah. First, behind the story of Hotel Hartness. If you're unfamiliar, the Hartness family has been one of Greenville's most prominent families, and their home has hosted hundreds of local charity and civic events over the past several decades. So, Hotel Hartness incorporates much of the Hartness's home into the design of the hotel, including the lobby, great room, lounge, and restaurant areas. Um, And Sean Hartness, the CEO of Hartness, said, and he's thrilled to be part of transforming the Hartness family estate into a destination address that will be enjoyed by both the local community, and out-of-town guests for generations to come. I love that. They were like, we have people over to our house all the time. Let's just add on to it and make it a hotel. Basically. Pretty simple idea. Right. So Hotel Hartness is a boutique hotel with 73 suites. It opened up on March 15th. If you are unaware, it is located off of Highway 14 between Pelham Road and Roper Mountain Road. So as far as amenities, it has a spa as well as two different restaurants. So it has Patterson Kitchen and Bar, which just opened up on March 22nd. And it also has The Captain, which opened on March 15th. And in addition to that, there's indoor and outdoor venue options for weddings and events. All in all, it just looks like a super nice place to have a staycation or maybe your next party or even have your out-of-town guests stay there if you don't have room in your house. Send them over to Hotel Hartness. They'll have a good time for sure. They will. We enjoyed our tour. We did. We were like the only ones there. I don't know if we were like supposed to be there or not. 
<laughs> yeah. We just walked on in. I know. Well, they just opened, you know, so they're obviously not bustling quite yet. Yeah, they will be soon, though. It's beautiful over there. It is. We walked out past the front area over to a balcony next to the restaurant, and you can look out over a pond. Yeah. Just a beautiful location. So you should definitely check it out, and you should also check out their restaurants. Like I said earlier, Patterson Kitchen and Bar just opened up on March 22nd, and they call themselves a contemporary American restaurant with Southern and international influences, with a cuisine that focuses on bright, clean, and approachable menus that are complemented by warm hospitality in a vibrant setting. So take that as you will. Couldn't locate a menu. Let you know if I can. And that's all. It looked beautiful when we saw it today. It's a beautiful hotel. It is. Slash former residents of the Hartnesses. Yeah, pretty cool. Some history there. Next up, we've got some events for the weekend. So starting on Friday, what we got, Tracy? Starting on Friday, we have got some live music. So you already know the drill. Noma Square, 530. Bring a chair and some food. We mentioned that the past two weeks. We'll probably keep mentioning it because it's awesome and it's free and it's fun and you should go. And then also, there's going to be some live music at Fireforge. JL Folks will be there from 6 to 9 p.m. If you're unfamiliar with him, he is an American singer-songwriter and a professional guitarist. So head on over there for some JL Folks. Yeah, I was checking him out on Spotify earlier, and he has a bunch of awards. Um, Lots of independent music awards. He won Blue's Song of the Year in 2016 and 2018. And then in 2020, Country Artist of the Year. This is the International Music and Entertainment Association. So Sounds like he's pretty famous. Sounds, sounds like, like you should go. Also, on Friday and Saturday, we've got some Swamp Rabbit games. We are taking on the Orlando Solar Bears at 7.05 p.m. The Solar Bears. If I didn't cheer for the Swamp Rabbits, I'd cheer for the Solar Bears. That's a pretty good name. They have an awesome name. Right. But like I said, they're playing Friday and Saturday. Both games are at 7.05 p.m. and tickets start at $18. And then on Saturday, the Easter Bunny is going to be at Haywood Mall. So if you don't believe in the Easter Bunny, here's your proof. Go to Haywood Mall from 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. He's actually going to be there. Reservations are encouraged, as always, when it comes to the Easter Bunny. So (laughs) go get those Easter Bunny photos. This is your last chance before Easter. And then he'll be gone until next Easter, magically. Yeah, he just hops away. He hops away. For another year. We're pretty privileged here in Greenville. We are. Not everybody gets the Easter Bunny. That's right. Take advantage of that. Okay. Also on Saturday, we have got Alley 26 cocktail syrup tasting at Swamp Rabbit Cafe and Grocery. Say that five times fast. I can't. (laughs) You can learn how to make superior cocktails at home from one of the best bar programs in America. Alley 26 cocktail syrups. Joseph Gals. You think that's how you say his name? Gales. Gales. This will be happening from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. and it is free. Gotta love free stuff. Head on over to the Swamp Rabbit Cafe and Grocery. And then also on Saturday, Barks and Brews is happening at Hoppin. Happening at Hoppin. From 12 to 3 in partnership with the Greenville Humane Society, Hoppin's a hosting. Hoppin's a hosting. (laughs) Man, I can't speak. Hoppin is hosting this adoption event on their rooftop patio featuring Fenders, Dog Culture, the Barkery Bistro, the Noble Dog, and Furwell Veterinary Hospital. Pretty hype event. So bring your pups, stay for live music, and also free. We talk about a lot of free stuff on this podcast. So no excuses. We talk about some 
not free stuff as well. Yeah, we do. But we talk about a lot of free stuff. So get out there, explore the city. Okay, those are your events for the weekend. And now Will is going to close us out with the weather. So quick disclaimer, we are not meteorologists, but we do know how to read the weather app. However, the weather changes day by day, hour by hour, minute by minute, dare I say second by second. So take this with a giant grain of salt. Will, hit us with that weather. All right. So this week, I got a little extra help from ChatGPT. So I told ChatGPT what the weather was going to be and asked it to create haiku poems for each day. And ChatGPT, like always, obliged. Love that. So here is your AI-generated haiku version of the weather this week. Monday, raindrops, pitter-pat, mild air, a soothing rhythm, gray skies overhead. Tuesday, clouds hang low and gray, warmth lingering in the air, nature holds its breath. (laughs) Wednesday, Clouds gather once more. Warmth intensifies and spreads. Sultry stillness reigns. Thursday, rain falls steady beat. Warmth persists amidst the mist. Try saying that five times fast. Nature's lullaby. Friday, mild rain showers fall. Cool breeze dances through the trees. Peaceful, calm, and still. Saturday, storm clouds gather fast. Chill wind whips and howls with glee. Nature's tempest roars. Sunday, raindrops once again, mild air, a comforting balm, a peaceful Sabbath. Nice. Courtesy of ChatGPT. Those are beautiful, ChatGPT. Thank you. All right. Well, that's all we've got for you this week. Thanks for tuning in to Greenville Mike. Remember to like, subscribe, and share this with your friends. Follow us on Instagram at Greenville Mike, all one word. And that's all we've got for you. We hope you guys have an amazing week. See you next week.